Welcome all listeners to this wonderful teaching. Be sure to be attentive because the Lord Jesus Christ has a message for you through this preaching. Welcome you all in the presence of God. Amen. I said I welcome you. Amen. Amen. We can greet your neighbor. If you have a neighbor, greet them. Welcome them in the presence of God with a good smile. It is Sunday, the day that the Lord has made, and we have to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank God for the opportunity to share His Word again this Sunday. It's always a privilege to share the Word of God. And I know whenever we hear and we avail ourselves, the Lord will speak to us. We cannot come in the presence of God and go back the same. Every time you come, He is ready to speak to you. Every time you come, He is ready to transform your life. Amen. That's why I would like to thank Apostle Max and Mama Ruth for the opportunity and the trust they have in me to give me the, share, the, the, the pulpit to share the Word of God. And I know the Lord will not disappoint you this morning. Amen. Uh, we'll carry on with the same uh, theme that we started uh, beginning of the month of June. We're talking about the tireless champion. And this is in regard with our theme of the year. The year of courage and reform. And you were explaining that it's practically impossible for someone to be a champion of God without doing some prerequisites. And one of them was, if you are a carnal Christian, that's what we were speaking about last week's a carnal Christian will get tired. When persecution will come, when the wind will blow, in your carnality will, you will not be able to stand firm. And we said everybody has to strive to become a spiritual Christian for you to become a champion of God. Amen. Because we all understood that everybody cannot be called a champion. Champions are those people that stand out, that they are not ordinary people. They do things that others cannot do. They live their life different from others. And because they stand out, they qualify to be champions. Amen. And I want to add something this morning saying, you can never be a champion until you finish the race. Can I say that again? You are not a champion until you finish the race. It's not all about how many we started, but at the finish line, that's where we see the champion. That's what the Bible says, who will persevere up to the end will receive the crown. Do you believe that? And I want you to, get, to have that in mind, that perspective, understanding our finish line, what we are pursuing and what we are trying to achieve. Amen. And this morning, our main scripture is in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. That will be our main scripture of this morning. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. We read in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. 
Amen. Let me read again. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Very short scripture. In that verse, other version, it says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And I know we've all heard this scripture. Maybe you read it. Guarding your heart above all else. Every time I read the Bible and I see a statement like this, I always pause and say, what should we understand from this? Why your heart is to be guarded above all else? Because the first part is very clear. It's not the angels from heaven that have the task to guard our heart. Isn't it? It's not God who have the task to guard our heart. The Bible says it's our responsibility. Everybody have the responsibility to protect their heart. I'm, I'm not talking about your physical heart. I'm talking about your soul here. Amen? So when the Bible says you should guard it, practically speaking, what, are we, what should we expect from you? Or what is expected from you? So that you can say, I guard my heart. As I always say, whenever you read the Bible, it's good to know the geography of Israel, to know how long is, is the Jordan River, to know the distance between Capernaum and Galilee, to know the location of, of Jerusalem. But that's not the most important. The Bible is not a geographic book or a history book. It's a revelation book that helps us in our daily life. And we should use it as such. Amen. And you have to look in your practical life and see how the Bible should apply. Because otherwise, there are sentences that you'll be reading, but they will not ring a bell. You'll be reading the Bible day in, day out, without getting what it means. And that I always say, when you read the Bible, it shouldn't be like a marathon. I know there are programs that will give you daily verses that you meditate upon so that after a year, you finalize to read the whole Bible. It's good. But sometimes, you can have one scripture and you meditate upon it for a week. The Lord is talking to you only on one scripture. Because there is so many things that we find in the Bible. Amen? Then the Bible says, guard your heart. So we understood that the first thing is, it's our responsibility. If there are problems, things that are coming out of you, so far we will say, it means we did not guard our heart properly. Isn't it? Garbage in, garbage out. If you allow anything to come in you with no filter, that the thing will come out of you. Because the Bible says, out of it flow the course of life, isn't it? And how do you guard your life on a daily basis? Because if you're expected to be champions 
if you expect to run this race up to the end without getting tired, it means there are prerequisites, there are things that we have to do, isn't it? And now we see that we have the responsibility to protect that heart because if it corrupts, we will not be able to remain those spiritual Christians. Practically speaking, personally, for example, there are messages that I don't listen to. There are things that I cannot watch. I cannot allow my eyes to see. Why? Because I know our brain is a very sophisticated tool. There are things once you see them, you can never delete them. Do you agree? You will pray, you will be fine, but they are there. Every now and then they can come up. Why? Because you allow them to come in. Let me ask you an example. With WhatsApp, things have become very easy. Someone send a voice note to someone else about you, talking evil about you. And it happened that they send it to you. What are you going to do? Are you going to listen? Or are you going to delete it? You have a choice, right? But if you are intentional about guarding your heart, what is wisdom? You will not listen. It's better for you to know that someone was saying evil about you but not listening to the evil he said. Because without you knowing, there is a seed that is being sown in your, in your heart, which is hatred. Your heart might reject that person without you even noticing. Why? You allow to listen to certain things that were not important for you. They were not building you. Amen? You hear that there is scandals. There is a minister who was doing evil things in their offices. They were recording themselves, sending these videos to their girlfriend or whoever. And it's doing around. And it lands in your phone. What do you do? Do you watch or do you delete? You are very curious. You watch. You're corrupting yourself. And there is even a tragedy in those type of videos, those text uh, scandals that are happening on, in, on the WhatsApp social media. Some of them, it's not accidental. Some of them, it's properly planned. I was very shocked when I learned that. I heard an occultic person he said everything was planned. They prepared this video and they conjure demons in those videos and they release it. Anyone who will open it will get possessed with the spirit of lust. You have decided I will never watch pornography, but it's tracking you. If you didn't put boundaries on how you should guard that heart of yours, You've opened a door without you knowing. Amen. Many times we blame the devil 
Many times we blame whoever, our ancestors. But how many times do we pause and look at the way we are conducting ourselves as Christians? Because we have so much responsibilities. And if you are not very careful, you will be blaming every other person while the Lord is looking at you and say, you are the problem. Amen. Is it the Lord who came and said, open that voice note? I remember I heard a man, um, a man of God. She said, for 20 years, she never watched the news. That's her position. Because she said, I realize that they only report on evil things. Because they say fear sell. So they will, and he said, so does this mean that there is no good news that happened on earth? Why news have to always be negative? And she said, no, no, I cannot be starting my day every day with depression. I'm stopping this. Why did she do so? She decided to guard her heart. Hallelujah. And it has to be intentional. Otherwise, you'll see yourself reacting, doing certain things just like any other person because you fail to understand the responsibilities that you have. This is the responsibility that has been given to you. And that's why I say it's so crucial to read the Bible for you to grow. You might see that scripture. It's very short. But you might overlook it. And if you do, you'll see that you'll fail to do certain things. And you'll be there casting out demons. You realize that there are certain things that you're always weak in, in certain areas. And you always wonder, why can't I overcome this area of my life? You go, you fast, you pray, and you realize that you still have that weakness. What is the problem? The question is, what are you al allowing in? You're not obliged to do everything. And the devil, knowing that you are a Christian, knowing that you have dedicated your life to saying, I'm serving God, he will not come with big sin to you. Do you know that? He knows that you're a Christian. How can he come and say, okay, this is a pornographic movie for you to watch? He knows that you will reject it. What is he going to do? He has been doing it for years from the Garden of Eden. So he will not stop today. He will present you something that is normal, that is acceptable. This is just a movie. You're watching a movie. It's a normal movie. But in that movie, there might be one or two scenes that are very shocking, but you find them to be normal because what you are doing is not regarded as sin. It's normal. But you remember what the devil does. He will try to reduce the filter that is in you. Not in one day. It will be bit by bit. You are lowering your God. It will not be intentional. But it will be, it will be a process that you might not necessarily realize. If you did not take a conscious decision 
to protect yourself. Amen? Let's take an example of two people in the Bible and you will see what I'm talking about. It's Samson and Joseph. Let's read Genesis chapter 39, verse 7. Genesis 39, verse 7. The Bible say, and Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. First step, she noticed him, she noticed Joseph, and she came to him, right? Let's read verse 10. Let's jump on verse 10. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day. Do you see the pattern? The first time she saw, she came once, then she withdrew. Then she started putting pressure. And on verse 12, she jumped on, the, on him. But because the man was so determined not to defile himself, he ran away. Isn't it? Let's now look at the story of Samson in the book of Judges, chapter 16, verse 1. Judges, chapter 16, verse 1. You can put it on the screen. Judges, chapter 16, verse 1. Then went Samson to Gaza and saw there a harlot. In other versions, they say a prostitute. And went in unto her. The other version of the Bible says, He went there, he saw a prostitute, and spent a night with her. Verse 4, what does it say? And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Chapter 5. And the Lord of the Philistine came up to, unto her and said unto her, Entice him and see wherein his great strength lieth, and by what means we may prevail against him. What is happening there? Like one man of God was saying, every time you hear the name of Samson in the Bible, there was a woman behind. He was coming to see a woman. Then before he went there, he, there was a woman. Why? When he was with a prostitute, if you read down, they say, they wanted to kill him. Then they, they didn't say the Philistine sent Delilah. No, no, no. It was the other way around. When they realized that he fell in love with her, then they went to see her and bribed her to go and get the secret. Amen. What the difference between these two people? One had his own boundaries on the line he can never cross. The other person was just there. 
living life like everybody. A great man who was supposed to be a judge, part of the judges in the, in the history of Israelite. But look at his life. He couldn't achieve anything great because there was no, nothing to protect him. You can have a great calling, but if you do not know how to put those boundaries, you will be like all these candles that we see online, all these men of God. Don't think they planned it. It might start with a text message. WhatsApp today is easy. Send your WhatsApp message. Innocent, you reply, and it becomes a conversation with emojis, and then it will become an evening conversation, and then you realize that you are conversing with this person more often, then afterward it will be high fives, and before you know it, you've forgotten where you left your Bible. And if you ask yourself, how did this happen? It's the same process. Do you think the devil came to Eve in the garden and say, eat the fruit? It was always a pattern. Like that, that lady, the wife of Potiphar. Slowly, slowly. What the Bible says in Psalm 91 verse 3. The Lord is protecting us from the snare of the fowler. The fowler. Who's the fowler? Is those people that hunt bird, right? What do they, how do they process? In the other version, they talk about the net of the fowler, which is very, it's clearer for you to understand. It's easier to understand. People that hunt bird, they might have the trap here. The trap is set here. But those grains will not be only there. They will start miles and they're following a certain path. When the bird will start eating them there, there won't be any danger. The bird will not know. But when they're enjoying the, the, the grains that they've put there, they're coming slowly. And when they're coming, they're going towards the trap without knowing. And all of a the sudden, they find themselves in the net. That fowler is the image of the devil. It means he will try by all means to lower your guard. Your filter will be going down bit by bit. And this is the reason why the Bible says, guard your heart. What do you allow in? You are so curious that you want to hear everything. You want to see everything. You want to experience everything. Like I heard someone one day telling me, he said, no, no, you know, when you have too much, too much rule is not good. You have to allow us to make our own mistakes. And I said, what? Do you, want, do you want us to allow you to make your own mistakes? Do you know that there are mistakes that you can never fix? There are mistakes, when you make them, it's over. Hallelujah. Read your Bible with an open mind, allowing the Holy Spirit to talk to you. Don't rush when you're in this business of reading your Bible. A lot of people think Christian life is very difficult. Why? 
because they do not follow the small principles that help us to live this Christian life properly. And when the Bible says they, they, he protects us against these snares of the fowler, it's because he knows when the trap starts, it might be far, but it will lead you to sin. And before you reach there, because of your intimacy with the Lord, he will reveal it to you. Something might look innocent, but the Lord just feel inside of you that I shouldn't do this, or I should stop here. Because of that spirit in you, helping you to do the right thing. Amen? Hallelujah. Are we together? Are you cold? Don't sleep. Otherwise, you'll miss what the Lord wants to tell you. Amen. It's those small things that you have to look after. Because sometimes we, 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 we confuse problems and the small issues of life. Unfortunately, small issues of life rob your peace. And some people you compromise or you live a very miserable life just because of small issues of life, not problems. You get irritated because of these small issues. You come home, someone parked in your parking, if you stay in a complex, your day is gone. Those are small issues of life. Your boss is speaking to you anyhow. Your day is over. You heard that someone hates you somewhere. Are those problems? It's not a problem. If someone hates you, so what? If someone went and gossip about you, so what? You have to carry on your journey. I'm sure you're not expecting everybody to love you. Do you? If you do, then you are very immature. It's children that have to think that everybody is there for them. If you're an adult, you know that people don't care. They don't care about you at all. Whether you make it or you don't, they don't care. Some people will rejoice when they hear that you, you're jobless. Hallelujah. But as the person, as a mature person, you have to understand what you should do so that you have this Christian life that is easy to maneuver in. Because if I protect my eyes, there are certain sin that I will never be tempted to do. Do you know that? If there are certain places that I know I cannot go here, even if it's not a sin in the Bible to say to be in this place. But because of that sentence that say protect your heart, you say I will not be in such and such a place because going there might be reducing my filter. Hallelujah. Because the tendency most of the time is to blame the devil 
I was tempted. The temptation was too much. Where were you? Maybe if you look closer, you realize that you put yourself in a very compromising position. Amen? Hallelujah. Understand these small principles, uh, all these small spiritual principles. It will avoid you a lot of trouble. For instance, when it comes to pray, what the Bible tells you, when it comes to the devil and the demons, there's a difference, right? The devil and the demons. The demons are those angels that were cast down with the devil. We all accept that, right? What the Bible says, should we cast out the devil? It was a question. Sorry? Exactly. You cast out demons, you resist the devil. Don't confuse it. Don't resist demons. The Bible did not ask you to resist them. The Bible said you do what? You cast them out in the name of Jesus. But for the devil, what the Bible tells you? Resist him. Why? He will come. The Bible does not ask you to start casting him out. That's not what the Bible tells you. Remember what we said last Sunday. The devil, you resist him with the word of God. The demons, you cast them out in the name of Jesus. So if the devil comes to you, and you do not understand that small spiritual principle, you'll be sweating, casting him out. The Bible says he's the accuser. That's a mystery that made me, I don't understand. I know I will understand it when we are in heaven. When they say he's our accuser.
every man of God is not your man of God. Otherwise, you'll get and you'll be possessed. Why? You don't understand these small spiritual principles. And in the kingdom of God, everybody's supposed to grow. You start somewhere. You pray without ceasing. You meditate. The Lord will enlarge your territory. And the more consistent you are, and that's how you will grow. Amen? What the Bible says when he was giving the direction to the disciples. When it's come to preaching the gospel. He said, start where? You start in Jerusalem. Then it's grow. Samaria. Then it will grow. Judea. Then the end of the world. Some people will get beaten by demons somewhere and you think they were not anointed. Maybe they went in the territory where they were not sent. Hallelujah. The Lord establishes you in South Africa. Now you become the prophet of the nations. Are you sure you're going to be able to sustain all the oppression of all other nations? At least when you're in South Africa, when, we all, when it's morning, we all, it's morning for all of us. When it's evening, we're sleeping, all of us, if you establish here. If you take another continent where you were not sent, when they're sleeping there, here it's, it's during the day. So when you are sleeping, the activities are, are taking place there. Do you have the required anointing to sustain that? Amen. You see a Christian who's beaten up. You look very miserable. You feel like this Christian life is too much. Why do you think it's too much? Because you don't understand the scriptures. You ignore small principles. And you will pay for not respecting them. Because the one who created them, our God, respect them. Do you know that? Our God who created those spiritual principles, himself respect them. He doesn't break them because he's God. He will abide by them. Amen. One small thing. The passport from the spiritual realm to the physical one. body, you don't have the right to be here. We all know that, right? Who established that principle? God. He created everything. He was in heaven and he realized that there was a need to come and save mankind. And he realized him, God, will be able to do it. Did he come as God? It was a question. What did he do? He obeyed his own principle. He had to come here as a man. To be born, to go through all the stages of life. Born, raised, everything, until he starts the ministry. Why did he respect that principle? Why didn't he break it?
He lived here. He preached the gospel. Then he went to the Father. He went back to the Father. Amen? Because those spiritual principles can never be broken. Demons, to be here, they need a body. That's why you see a lot of people are getting possessed. Why? That's the only way they can be here. Otherwise, they, should, they cannot operate here on earth. Same applies. For our God to operate here, he needs you and me. Because he will not come himself physically here unless he have a, a body. Are we together? And it's for you to choose. How do you want your body to be utilized? Will you allow it to be utilized by the devil or by God? Because regardless, it will be utilized by someone. Whether you like it or not. That's what the Bible says. If you are lukewarm, it will spit you out. Hallelujah. There is no neutrality here. Don't think you can be neutral. It doesn't exist. That's why I always say to those people that come and say, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in anything. That is the most... I pity those type of people. I pity them. Why? It's not because you say God does not exist that what will make him disappear, unfortunately. It's not that you say the devil does not exist that way he will disappear. You will suffer the consequences, my brother. Understand those spiritual principles so that you know how to behave here on earth. Amen. Whether you like it or not. And before you waste your time blaming everyone around you, pause. Look inside of you. What are the decisions that I have taken to better my life? You have to be intentional about everything that you do. As I was saying to someone one day, I said, the Bible said, delight in the Lord and he will give you what? The desires of your heart. Can I repeat that? Have delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Not the desires of his heart. The desires of your heart. Now, ladies, this is my question. Do you know the desires of your heart? Is it clear in your mind? Because if you don't, and it's not clear, who do you blame? You say, Lord, I want to be great. What is to be great to you? Lord, I want breakthrough. What is a breakthrough for you? When will you be able to say, I think or I know that now this is my breakthrough? Because it's measured according to what you're expecting, what you know is the right thing, isn't it? If you know that I would like to be here in five years, I would like to be here in one year, and you have your all delight in the Lord, because everything is clear to you, when he gives you the desire of your heart, you will know. And if you have nothing, you'll be getting the daily. 
And if you get the daily bread, you shouldn't complain. Who is to blame? Hallelujah. But sometimes we are so spiritual that we forget these small things that we should do. All you think of about is spirituality. You don't understand that you have responsibilities that are not necessarily If I sit down and I write down my program, what is spirituality? If I sit down and I said, from today, I will not do one, two, three, which are very practical. They are not sin. I'm not talking about sin here. I'm talking about normal things that you do every day. There is nothing spiritual about them. But I'm just doing this. I'm saying, because if I do one, two, three, I might find myself into a trap. Like I know someone. He was an alcoholic. Because he loved alcohol so much. And every day he had to drink alcohol. And uh, weekend he would always be out in the pubs drinking. Sometimes he'll get drunk, sometimes he'll not get drunk. But he will always be drinking. To the, to the stage that he knew that he was controlled by that alcohol. And he was praying and he became a Christian. And the Lord delivered him from alcohol. He stopped drinking. Then one day, I met him somewhere where they brought these non-alcoholic um, beverage. I don't know how you call them. If they say non-alcoholic wine or something, you have non-alcoholic beer. And he was offered a non-alcoholic wine. He said, I cannot take that. They told him, but there's no alcohol in it. He said, that's not the problem. To me, is the test. I cannot test that anymore. Even if it's not sin or it's not bad, but for me, I cannot. Why? He said, because if I take it, it will bring back all those memories. And before I know it, I might find myself drinking the real one. And if I do, I will find myself back to where I was. What he did, he boundaries and say, I cannot do this. Not because it's sin, but because it might lead me to sin. Amen? Hallelujah. And you have to understand these things. If you want to be that tireless champion, if you want to be that good Christian, understand these things. They are very small, but they will help you a great deal. Amen. And I can tell you, that process of the devil, of trying to lower your God day in, day out, bit by bit, he, will, he have never changed it. Let me ask you this. Do you think when David killed his general after impregnating the wife, do you think it 
we saw that woman bathing. I'm sure it was not the first time. I'm sure he looked. Then the, the man knew. This lady will be here at such and such a time. And he will come and watch from far and carry on his business. And tomorrow he watch again. And he watch again. And he watch again. Until one day he invited her. Isn't it? Unfortunately, last time I was praying and I was like, Lord, why do we, do the Bible insists on running away from this sexual immorality? Then I understood that one of the sin that is very close to murder is sexual immorality. Did you realize that? The one sin that will push you to kill easily is sexual immorality. Flee. Amen. And when they say you run away, for you, you think the devil will come and present it to you brutally. No. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. You want to be a great man. You want to be a Christian. You want to do great things. You want to have an, a good Christian life. Decide today. It's not enough to give your life to Christ. You have to start applying these things on your daily basis. What are my limits? What is the line I cannot cross? We hear someone saying, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. Every now and then I'll be in the nightclub, just enjoying myself. I don't do anything wrong. Just go there, have fun, and come back home. If I ask you, did you sin? Yes or no? You come and say, no, I didn't sin. Went there, just danced had fun, and went home. What did you see when you were there? What was your experience? And in which spiritual atmosphere you were in? Your God are being lowered. And the more you do it, one day you'll find yourself in a very compromising situation. I'm sure you would blame the devil, right? But I will tell you, you have yourself to blame. Why? You did not have boundaries. Hallelujah. Guard your heart. Because to reach that heart of yours, it's all these five senses that it will be used. Your touch, your smell, your ears, your eyes. And it's your own responsibility. The Bible didn't say, pray to God to send you angels to guard your heart. The Bible did not say that. The Bible didn't say that the devil will be attacking your heart so you need the intervention of God. No. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Christianity shouldn't be very complicated. But an ignorant Christian will perish. An ignorant Christian will do what? Will perish. Why? Not understanding the small cause of life. For example, what the Bible says in Revelations chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2 verse 5. There is more scripture there that I want you to read. Revelation chapter 2 verse 5. Jesus say, look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. That version say, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works. heard this scripture right and I'm sure this scripture was not written for unbelievers this is a scripture for people that have, have, have once given their life to Christ remember where you fall and repent and you have to remember the works that you used to do when you started and do them right and that was Jesus speak so let me ask you this if you have meditated upon this scripture this verse and you know it and someone come to you and say once save always save what do you do with this scripture isn't contradictory it was a question answer me isn't this contradictory why how can Jesus this is Jesus Jesus who came to save us he said remember where you fall and repent and you have to go back to doing the works that you used to do when you once gave your life otherwise I'll remove this lamp how can Jesus come and say remember when you fall and repent if one save, always save. Why should you remember where you fall and repent? Amen. Know your Bible. All these heresy that are coming, that are flying out there. Why do you think they bring these heresy? Is in the elite what the Bible says at the end of time it will be so bad that even if, if, if the Lord did not reduce the day even the, 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 the righteous will be corrupt isn't that what the Bible says what does that mean 
the, the lie will be so close to the truth that you might have difficulties to know where is the line. Where to draw the line between this lie and the truth. You know the, 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 this theory of the purgatory. When you die, people on earth could pray for you. At that time, for a certain period of days, you'll be in a certain place. And if people that stay behind pray for you, you can transit from where you were, destined to go to hell and go to heaven. Because people will be praying for you. You know that. You have heard that teaching, right? What that did, you can live your life anyhow, only knowing that if I have good Christian around me, even if I die in whatever position, those people will go in intercession because they love me so much. And even if I was going to hell, I'll be purified by their prayer and change the direction. But which Bible says that? Now if I ask you, how come millions of people believed in that? Those are heresy. When they come and tell you, if you give your life to Christ and accept Jesus genuinely, you can never miss heaven. Regardless of where you are, because the grace is you is there, you are the righteousness of God. It sounds very plausible. It sounds very attractive. Knowing that once I've given my life to Christ, then it's over. But Jesus tells you there. Remember. You fall. If you say remember, it means sit down, examine your life, and see where you went wrong and repent and when you repent you shouldn't stop there think about the zeal that you had at the beginning and start doing the same works otherwise I will remove the lamp amen my people perish for lack of knowledge and that's why I always encourage you. Know the Bible for yourself. When people will come with certain theory, you will not need the Holy Spirit to come down or Jesus to explain to you. You will get, you will know exactly what to do because of the word that is within you. You will not be rushing to things if you did not hear from the Holy Spirit. When you don't understand how the spiritual realm works, that's when you see someone, you, you think you can lay your hand on anybody and everybody. You think you can go and pray everywhere, anyhow. It doesn't work like that. There are boundaries. There are things that you, you can do and there are things that you cannot do. I remember one preacher one day was preaching and he said only Christians are very ignorant and they live their life without respecting principles he said even demons respect principles and they respect each other he said do you what a demon of lie 
does, a demon of sexual immorality will do it. They everyone have an assigned task. A demon that was sent to push you in certain sin will not push you in a different sin. It will have to abandon it and bring that demon to come and perform that mission because it knows it better. Amen. And he said, if you look in life, every area where people understand and respect everybody's position, you'll see that that sector will grow and it will, be, it, will, it, will, it will succeed. And the example that was given was medicine. I find it to be very interesting. He said, if you have a headache and you go to someone who studied the brain, how do you call them? The neurologist. If you go to see them and when he's examining you, he realized that your headache is coming because it's your teeth. What do you think he will do? He'll write you a referral letter and say, go and see a dentist. Even though he understands how it works, he will not try to treat you. He will refer you to someone else. When you go there, you'll get treated. Everybody have their own speciality and no one will try to do some other person's job. Amen? You have to have the same perspective when you come to Christianity. You know what the Lord has called you to do, and you do what is that thing that the Lord has given you to do. You understand that the body of Christ is so diverse. Every person has their own calling, and in their own calling they are used by God for the growth of the kingdom. If the Lord has me here, it means the Lord has realized that you, are need, you need teachings now for you to grow. Amen? But you might think, maybe I'd rather have a prophet. I need more prophecy. But the Lord looking at you and saying, for you, for you to live a good Christian life, you need more teachings so that you understand how to grow as a Christian. But because you do not understand that and you don't understand how territory works, you run and say, no, no, I think the Lord has made a mistake. I need a prophetic church. They will prophesy to you all sort of prophecy but you might die in the desert. Great promise. Because remember the prophecy will be given to you regardless of where you are. It can be a prophecy that will come to pass in 10 years. It can be a prophecy that is supposed to come in five years. But the way you behave will determine if it will be five years or 10, isn't it? But because you skipped what the Lord has planned for you, you start wandering around. Hallelujah. Am I talking to someone? And that is what we call wisdom. That's how you see how they say everything 
can be allowed, but not everything that is of benefit to you. Even if you are, you are allowed to speak your mind, it's not everything that you should say. Hallelujah. And the more you understand, the more you establish these things in your life, you will see that your life will change. You will see that there are certain things that you've been delivered from only by reading and understanding. Let me say that. There are other things you'll be delivered from only by reading and understanding. Because when you live your life ignorantly, you will be doing things that will be pushing you down. You don't understand why you cannot even stand clean for a week. What type of music do you listen to? Everything. As long as it's a good melody, I will listen. What are they saying inside? I don't care. I just listen. With whom do you hang around? With everybody and anybody. What type of conversation do you have during the week? Anything. Anyone who will come to talk to me and he's ready to talk, we will talk. Regardless of what they are saying. Oh. What do you watch on TV? Everything. As long as it's interesting, I will watch. Where do you go? Anyway, it depends. So your life, you, you, you yourself, you, cannot, you don't take your life seriously. How do you want someone else to take your own life seriously? If yourself, you just live there, every wind will blow and take you everywhere. No wonder you are where you are. Amen. What is required from you? Stop. Pause. Think. Look back. Because the reality is where you are today is the result of the decision you took yesterday. Now, if you're not happy with the result that you have today, stop. Look back and say, how did I live my life yesterday? What type of decisions did I took yesterday? How did I behave yesterday to end up here? And if you realize that you're not happy, then you say, I have to change the input. People focus on the output. They forget the input. As I said, garbage in, garbage out. If you want good output, go back and look at the quality of the input. What are you allowing, allowing in? What type of filter do you have? Amen. You sit with people that curse anyhow and you're comfortable. You've already tolerated that. Before you know it, one day you find yourself cursing. Amen. Have to stand out. 
I didn't say you might stand out. You have to. It's a must. You have to stand If you want to be that champion that you expected to be, you have to stand out. And you cannot stand out if you're still behaving like everybody. You have to be different. You have to. Amen. Jesus never came to someone and said, become a Christian. Unless my, my Bible is different from yours. He never came to someone and said, become a Christian. Did you see it somewhere in your Bible? He was always preaching about the kingdom and the change in you. Amen. You had to change something in the way you were living. You had to decide to stop some other things. When Zacchaeus gave his life to Christ, he himself came and said, I will go and pay back. Jesus did not ask him, go and pay back. Because he understood and he took a decision. You decide. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody wants to heaven. Everybody wants to have a good life. But to have that good life here on earth, to have that hundredfold that the Bible talks about, it's not necessarily prevented because someone is demon-possessed. It can be prevented by the way you behave. Because you'll be shocked to hear that most of the time, you are your own enemy. You are the reason why you do not see your full breakthrough. You are the reason why you are not satisfied with your own life. Why? You are not allowing God to do that what he has prepared to do for you. He is looking at you there and say, decide. Decide. It's very small. But it can bring a big change. Hallelujah. And when you understand those, that's when you start now enjoying the life of glory to glory. That's when all these small issues of life will stop stealing your peace. I remember one day, a few years back, I said, I will never allow anybody's mood to determine my day. It was a small sentence and a small decision, right? You come in the morning at work, your boss had a, a bad day, or he was fighting with their spouse. They come in the morning very cross in the office. They speak to you anyhow. Your day is spoiled. Why? Because someone had a bad day. Do you think it's normal? Why someone's life have to determine yours? Why your happiness depend on someone else? If it does, there is a problem. If you live your life anyhow, you have, you have your own issues. Why those issues have to spoil my day? How is that becoming my problem? How do you allow that in your life? It means there are some boundaries that you did not yet put there that you have to start now putting. Amen. 
Do you know that we decide to be happy? Do you know that happiness is a decision? Did you know or you didn't? You decide to be happy. Because if you don't think you'll be neutral, you'll be having the mood swing without you noticing. One day you'll wake up because the weather is bad and you just don't feel good, then you can be cross for that day. Decide to be happy. Decide. Regardless of what's happening, you decide and the Lord will help you. Find something that will make you laugh. Create your own, your own happiness. Remember what I said? Create it. Amen? Don't let your life be dictated by some other person. When you start applying these things, that's what we call maturity. Amen? Hallelujah. Are you learning something? That's what you call maturity. Why do you think you see a lot of people are divorcing today? Why does people divorce today so much? Because many of them, when they say they love someone or they think they love someone, they are, that's love stay on the level of feelings. Isn't it? The day you feel otherwise, you divorce. That's why you see some people, they divorce after six months, they divorce after three months. Immature, immaturity. But when you are a grown person, a mature person, you meditate this word of God, you understand that your loving someone is not because of them. It's because of you. I love you not because of what you do or because of what you don't do. I love you because I have decided to love you. Amen? Am I making sense? that applies in any relationship. Don't, don't love someone because of what they do for you. Because the day they stop doing it, you'll hate them. That is very normal, right? If you have a spouse and you love them because they do this, the day they don't, it will be hatred. But if you love them because of what you do to them, what does that mean? Whether they do or they don't, that changes nothing. When the Lord said he loved us, he gave his son, isn't it? He loved Whether you accept or reject. Have you ever seen where the Bible says now they hate you? That God hates someone? Never. He will still loving you. Even if you reject him, he loves you the sin that is in you, but he still loves you. And that's why he's telling you, repent and come. 
Amen. Spiritual principle. You will not learn them outside the Bible. The Bible is that instrument that they've been given to us to learn about spirituality. If you take time to study it, if you take time to go and go in it, meditate, you'll realize that you'll find a lot of small secrets. And as I say, reading a Bible is not a marathon. Remember that. Reading the Bible is not a marathon. The important thing is not to finish it. The important thing is how often it does speak to you because it will. Whenever you read the Bible, don't rush. Pray and read and read again. If you think that version is difficult, take another version. That's not only for preachers. Amen. Spend time digging. And the more you discover, the stronger you will become. And I believe personally, the best prophecy is what you get when you are reading. When the Lord speaks to you directly. To me, I think that's the best prophecy. You can jump around going left, right. But what the Bible tells you about that? If you know your Bible, you will not be jumping around finding prophets. Because the Bible says, don't do that. Do you know that? Do not hear that there is something there and you run. You will run to the devil. But if you decide to do it, it's because you don't have boundaries. Hallelujah. Protect your heart. Protect your heart. Learn about these spiritual principles. Grow, become mature. If you remain a baby for so long, you are a monster. You cannot be living, drinking milk your entire life. You have to grow. Life is happening in stages. There is a stage where you are a newborn, and after that, you have to grow. Amen. Spiritually, same thing. You have to grow. You have to grow. And you'll see that your Christian life will become a normal life, a lifestyle, and you'll be having good things. Because you are a mature person. That's why I said, Jesus never came to say to someone, become a Christian. No, he was preaching a lifestyle. How you should live your life. Because it will be, that's why you will be called a Christian, because you reflect Christ. How do you reflect Christ? By doing what he was doing. By living like him. By understanding what he understood. Amen. Hallelujah. Are we together? Know what you have, my brother, my sister. Only when you know what you have, that's when you can use it. Amen. When you know what the Lord has given you, that's when you'll be able to use it. When you learn, study the Bible, you understand your position, you know your territory, that's when you will know how to apply it even in your life. That's why Paul, uh, not Paul, sorry, Peter, when he arrived 
at the temple and that beggar came to him begging what did he what did he say gold silver we do not have and what how did he say again what we have will give you ah it means they understood what they had but what they had was not material if you do not understand what you have you will not be able to use it because you ignore it what we have will give you in the name of Jesus rise why because they knew very well that they had that power and they were able to use it meditate your bible you'll get revelation you will understand what you were called to do so many people can be here but if we say we're taking the microphone we're giving you tell us what do you think you're supposed to be doing in the kingdom how many people say clearly some people they have no clue zero no clue i'm a christian i gave my life to christ full stop what are you supposed to do? I have no clue. Amen. While some people have the gift of healing, some have a gift of deliverance, some have interpretation of tongues, some are prophets, all these gifts, but they ignore them. Why? You do not live that life. You do not go and dig to get those revelations because you grow every day. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to stand up and we will pray. I want us to pray now. I want us to pray. And the prayer that we will offer this morning, I want you to pray to God to give you the grace so that you can be able to protect your heart. I want you to pray and say, Lord, give me that grace. Give me strength so that I can start to dig to find out how I protect my heart. What are those things that I should stop doing? How to put those boundaries so that I can protect my heart effectively? That is the prayer point that we're going to offer. That we're going to pray for it right now. Open your mouth where you are and start praying.